0: Great night. So, I, I really believe that everybody that has come tonight, that you've come with expectation. Yes. That that's what that's what I believed in my heart before you got here. I believe you were you were prepared and ready, and you came expecting for things to line up in your life. I, I'm I'm believing that, and so tonight I've got just a few simple things that I want to share concerning vision and what that looks like personally and corporately. And then we're going to have everybody pray. We're going to do it a certain way. And I'm going to give you this, or I'm going to give you that. Amen. And we're going to do it tonight a little bit different way than what we've done in the past. And so um, just be prepared. Amen? So. And we've talked about this, if you've been a part of the church at all over the last few years, we've talked about this at different times when we've talked vision, but I I, I swear, when I say I swear, I'm saying it like I really mean this, (laughs) that um, as a leader, the tendency is to The tendency is to want to just get something new and deep. (laughs) But what God's told me over the last several years is he wants something fresh and simple. (laughs) Fresh and simple. (laughs) And that's what I'm giving you tonight. Something that is fresh and simple. It's something... That I really believe in what I'm sharing with you concerning vision. I really believe this. And <clears throat> Proverbs 29:18. Look at it, and we're going to look at it in the New King James, and then one other translation. Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, I'm not sure if they'll have this up there or not, but it didn't matter. I'm just going to read it to you. Verse 18 in the Amplified says this. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, where there is no vision, No redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. You know, we've been talking about out of Zechariah, that last verse, that when when we are walking in the revelation of redemptive revelation, When we're walking in that revelation, having vision of who God is and what he's doing in our life, people are grabbing our sleeve because they're pulling on us, because they're saying, you know somebody, you know something I don't know. And vision in a person causes them, causes other people to envy what they have. It's not the person that has the vision that is causing people to envy them. It's the God in them. And that's the way God wants it to be. God wants people to want what you have. And I'll just tell you this the longer I walk with God, very little of God looks like very little of the world. (laughs) Very little. So you can't compare God with what you see and think and what other people, uh, other ideas that people have. But I like this in, in the, in the uh, New King James, <clears throat> I, like, I like the cast-off restraint. He said, people without vision cast off restraint. They cast away boundaries and borders and things that create protection in your life. God's redemptive revelation has understanding in it that will keep you safe all the days of your life. Keep you safe. Keep you protected. Keep you provided for. Keep you well. And when we're not pursuing God through His Word and the redemptive revelation is not flowing to us, then it's like, whatever will be, will be, and, and, and there's really no limit to how far I can go and what direction I can go in. Now, there are no limits in God. But we're not talking about God when, when we're talking here about restraint, because the restraint has to do with the flesh. And when we're not, when we're, when the Word is not challenging us, because listen, um, If you're part of this church body, which everybody in here probably is or is considering, if you're sitting in here tonight, there's only so much I can do to help you. Because at the end of the day, the restraint has to come from you. The desire to make right choices has to come from you and that will not come from just a good idea in the top of your head or you heard somebody say something or, yeah, I heard Pastor preach something a couple months ago when I showed up. You know, uh, it sounded good. It's not about something sounding good. It's about taking what you're hearing and doing something with it because only you can make the choice for you to live in restraints. I'm not talking about living being controlled, I'm talking about living in the protective boundaries that God's Word produces. There's nothing like it. And without that, you'll, you, you can't see that, that um, I like the, the New King James in that last part of that verse. It says, but happy is he who keeps the law. The law, Old Testament, represents the Word of God to us today. Happy is he who keeps the word, who hears it and stays with it and continues it and doesn't quit. Happy is he. Now, <clears throat> there's another vision passage that we've talked about a lot at different times, and I'm not going to really um, go into it other than I just want to look at it for a moment. And it's in Habakkuk, the second chapter. <clears throat> Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habajukuk or whatever you want to say. But Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said this, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. The testimonials, there's been several testimonials this month that you've heard of people that saw things manifest as a result of vision, as a result of writing it down, bringing it, us praying for it, and things happen and come to pass. I, without any sense of emotion whatsoever, with no emotion, I'm telling you, my expectation level is the highest it's ever been. I'm telling you, ever. And I'm so excited about laying my hands and us joining in faith. You know what? Other than, I remember Gladys on her testimony today said that I spoke something over her and, and if I remember right, I didn't know anything about what had happened with her. And, I, and I, so prophetically, I spoke that to her. And if I get a prophetic word tonight, I'll speak it to you. But all that really matters is, is that we lay hands and we agree. If any two agree is touching anything, it will be done. Man, that's where my expectation. Is that difficult? Is that deep? No, that's simple. <laughs> Just do it and watch it come to pass. Amen. What 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 is your responsibility from the from the moment of agreement from then on? What what's your responsibility? To praise him. From that day forward. Father, we prayed that on the 27th of January. I was in agreement with Pastor Any two agree is touching. Lord, I thank you. These things are coming to pass. And I mean, when you've got them written down, I mean, you put a check mark. You do whatever you, don't erase it. At least put a a real thin line through it, you know, so you can still see what manifested. That's what I do. I I don't put, I don't, I write it in pen and then I I mark through it in pencil. Because I want to be able to see it. Hmm? Yeah, it's done, but I want to be able to see it so I can remember, thank God what we agreed on, it came to pass in the name of Jesus. Amen? That's what it's about. So that's why it's important. And that's really, from this verse of Scripture tonight, that's really all we're going to talk about regarding that. Because the vision corporate that we've talked about concerning clarity is just very simple. If, if, If you haven't come away with what the vision for the church for gates of the city is in these last few services if you haven't if you haven't drawn the vision from what we've shared then i'm going to remind you i'm saying that because i can, there's times i can hear things and i come away from them thinking okay now what 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 was really said so what all I'm doing tonight is is I'm reminding you of what I've told you for the last 4 weeks. And then I'm going to show you and just apply it to your personal visions and then we're going to pray. Amen. Simple to the point but profound. Glory to God. One of the verses that we talked about was 3 John 2. The little John's in the back. There's only one chapter. Second verse, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. God has no greater joy than to hear that his children walk in the truth. As an under-shepherd, as a, as, a, as a pastor, as an under-shepherd, I mean, there is amazing joy. It's nothing like God's joy, but there's an amazing joy that comes only from God. When I hear testimonies, you know, I had, last two Sundays I had to blow my nose before I could preach because of the greatness of the testimonies, because I heard, I, I, I witnessed People that could not have accomplished what they accomplished without God and his word and the Holy Spirit. Without it. That's what we're about. That's the vision of Gates of the City. The vision is for Gates of the City, show up so you can hear the word, show up to things that we do and that we have going on like we did all this last year. Show up, be present, and do something with what you hear. I've, in all my 42 years of salvation, I've never sat and listened to a message that I didn't take notes. I just can't do it. Oh, you know, I'll listen to it later, I'll do it. No, 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 I have to take notes, I have to be prepared because a lot of times it may not even be what the person said, it's what God said when I was sitting there. And you have to write those things down. And you have to go back and go over them and remind yourself. I was looking at some of my notes the other day from 10 years ago. And God spoke something to me out of those notes. That's how powerful God is. It's how powerful that his word is. That's where we have to take it serious. And when you take the word serious, then you walk into, into a charged environment like this Because, and and listen to me, it's charged because of your expectation. Not because we did something to make it all look, do, or, you know, stir something up, or, you know, yell and scream and holler and do do something different so that it looks real cool or, or what. I mean, you can do those kind of things, but what really matters is that you have expectation. And when you come in here, then the atmosphere is charged. Kind of seem like there's a little glow in here tonight. I think it's that charged atmosphere. Um, I hate to take to do this right now, but I need that heater off or down or something. I need that heater to quit blowing. Thank you, <laughs> glory to God. I'm all stirred up. I'm hot tonight, <clears throat> but but I'm I'm really hot. And you know what, this is a big room and it's difficult sometimes, especially when you don't know how, you know, one day it may be 60 degrees and the next day it may be 24, you know, sometimes it's hard to do. They, they do a good job in getting it the way it needs to be, but all of a sudden I'm just really hot. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'm not pulling away from what we're doing. <laughs> the other thing I talked about, I, I mentioned it again this morning, and, and, I, 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 and, it, and it has to do, see, And we've talked about this at Gates of the City for years, and this is who we are. But the Great Commission and the Great Commandment are vital for people to understand, right? The the, the Great Commandment is what? Love your neighbors, you love yourself, love God with all of your heart. That's the Great Commandment. The Great Commission, okay, is to go and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the revelation of who the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are. That's the Great Commission, that's what we've been called to do, is to make disciples of Jesus. And so, that's why what I'm talking to you about, what is vital here, is that the Word be the central focus. Now, there's other things that we do. Other ministries in the church, and there's more ministry and and more types of ministries that are evolving and developing, but you can have ministries and you can do all kinds of good work, but if there's no word and there's no expectation of what the seed of the word produces, all the other things that you do are just good works. You remember what the scripture today when we read out of uh, Hebrews chapter 3 And it said Moses was faithful to his house, but it said what he did was servant work. And the servant work is good, but what's really good is Jesus, the living word. Because that passage of Scripture said Jesus is the central focus of what it is that we're about and what we're doing. He's it. But he's not just a person that died on a cross and rose again back then. He was before all that happened, in the beginning was the Word, that's who Jesus is, He's the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word then became flesh and all that happened, but that Word has never stopped. The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will never pass away. And and if you are, I'm telling you, I'm just saying this to you. You need to be encouraged about the Word today, tomorrow, and every day. And every time you walk in here, you need to hear something about the encouragement of God's Word and the seed of that Word making the changes in you. And empowering you to accomplish everything that you desire to accomplish. Because you won't just do it because you have the knowledge of something. That knowledge has to be processed, it has to be downloaded, and become revelation on the inside of you. Where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. They cast off restraint. Now we're going to try to figure it out ourselves. Everybody say, that's not me. Amen? That's not us. We are those people who love his word. Happy are those. Joyful are those. Fulfilled are those who love the word of God and continue in it. And that's what, that's what we read this morning. <clears throat> If you continue in my word, then truly are you my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And it's not just the truth that you've heard once or twice, but it's the truth that you know that you have revelation of, and that is what liberates you and makes you free. And then, and then, what you're called to do is to be that guy that people are pulling on your sleeve. Wow. This guy knows God. Right? I mean, how exciting is that? I'm I'm not talking about that there's someone else that's that person. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about everybody sitting in here tonight. That's you. Everybody pull on your sleeve. Remember, somebody's going to be pulling on you. I mean, why would someone pull on, 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 on a person's sleeve? Because they'd be going like, I'd see Dale over there. Hey, 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 I want to ask you something. Hey. This it's kind of annoying when somebody's pulling it like that. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. What, what? But see, you won't be annoyed when you're ready. Your eyes open every morning. It's not about, it's not about, I saw this bumper sticker one day. I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. Come on, laugh. I mean, that's funny, huh? <laughs> oh, that's, that's really funny. Now, come on. Hi ho, hi ho. I owe, I owe. No, nobody's, nobody's joyful about I owe, I owe. It's off to work I go. No, we're not thinking about that. Your eyes open in the morning. God, I may owe, and that's, I'm dealing with that. But I'm going to work, and I'm going, and, and Lord, I step into. And into your hands I submit myself to do your will, to see your will accomplished wherever I go. Man, come on. That's what we're here for. How exciting, huh? Everywhere you go, you've got something that other people need. And that's why we need to be reminded of it. That's why I'm telling you that. You know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Amen? And then we talked about this. A little bit, but I'm going to, I'm just going to remind you of how vital that this this revelation is. Remember, where where there is no redemptive revelation of God, where that revelation is not continuing and flowing, the people perish. They cast off restraints. That's not who we are. We're not those people. We're the people that love the word. We're not going to cast off restraint. We're going to appreciate them, value them, honor them. That's what the word produces. In Romans 4, we read this, I think I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at this. But Romans 4 and, and verse 17, and this is about, <clears throat> this, is, this is who Abraham is to us, what his example is, and how his example we need to take a hold of and be that same example to other people. Now, remember, we talked about when we discussed this, Abraham had a lot of baggage, he had a lot of things that needed to be corrected. He had some things that needed to change. He had some lying going on, he had some manipulation going on, you know, he had some, some, you know, uh, certain sexual sins that he got into that, you know, he blamed it on his wife. Uh, His situation was kind of like an Adam and Eve situation, blaming it on his wife, Adam did. And he kind of blamed it on his wife that he went in and had whatever he wanted. And, you know, you know, I've heard, I've heard people, I've heard men preach that like uh, he had a license to go and have an affair with a maid like that's what men want to go do. That's right. <laughs> I've heard people preach it that way. I mean, kind of snicker and smile about the fact that he's going to go have an affair with his maid because his wife told him to. (laughs) Hey, buddy, suck it up, rise up, and be the leader. We're not doing that. We're going to wait. But he wasn't to that place, and he needed to work out some stuff in his life. And so now we see in Romans, they don't talk about any of that stuff. They talk about how great he was. You know why? Because that's the way God sees him. Because he got it. it. Took him 25 years, but he got it. And actually he got it earlier than that, but it took 25 years for the manifestation of what God had promised or declared that he would be. It took 25 years, but he got it. Why? He didn't quit like I talked about this morning. He didn't quit. And this, this is our pattern for making the word real to us day by day. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. This is Romans 4 17. In the presence of him whom he believed, who did he believe? God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. When God said, Light be, light was. Now he's saying, now you frame your world, the Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God, like I just said they were. Now we're created in the image of God, we're in his likeness, we're his children, now frame your world the same way God framed the worlds. And how do we frame them? By calling those things, declaring that those things that be not as though they were. The little story in the example that I gave you today about the disciples trying to cast the demon out, but they couldn't. No, they chose not to. What they chose to do was to be moved by what they saw. See, you can't build the kingdom and experience the things God wants you to experience in the ministry that God has called you to in your life if we don't do it His way. So we have to call things that... Are not as though they are when they're not but we're calling them like they are until they become that's his way of doing and even though you may be listening to what I just said right there and that may not make all the sense in the world to you you have to work out what that means on a day-to-day basis because if you won't spend the time to work that out and you hear something like that and you go well you know I'm not sure what he just said okay it's preached enough around here that if you hang around long enough one day it'll just go clink if you get in the in the believers authority class or the righteousness class clink you'll learn it something will happen in those kind of things that we're doing and and as you're hearing the word one day the seed of the word just the light bulb turns on i was ministering to a guy for a lot of years and it was like the guy wasn't getting it years and years ago it's like he wasn't getting it and one night about 2 or 3 in the morning, I get a phone call. And this is what the phone call said. I got it. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) After like, seeming like he was never going to get it, one night, I got it. I got it. And I promise you, you'll get it. You'll get it. But how Abraham got from where he was to where God wanted him to be is he learned to call those things which be not as though they were. And this is, what he, this is what God said about him, and this is what we have to take for ourselves. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Who's his descendants? You and I. Everybody. Amen? You and I are his descendants. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. He was about 90, almost 100 years old. Since he was about 100 years old, that's what it said. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, and she was somewhere in her 90s, about 90, 91. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform that has to become more real to you than anything, else, than anything else in life. If God promised it, he's able to bring it to pass. Think about several of the promises that God has given to us. Three times in Scripture that I know of at the moment, the Bible promises me my family. When I got born again, in February of 1977, right, two months before my 18th birthday, so my birthday's coming up in April, uh, two months before my <laughs> I don't know why I said that, it was just, yeah. uh, two months before my 18th birthday, nobody in my family was saved, isn't that correct, right, nobody was saved, so there were some church people, but nobody was born again. I would never, I had spent very little time when I was little. I was, there was a little bit of time in church and maybe at a Christmas or a New Year's or a death or something I was in a church, but that, not, not anything other than that. And I got born again two months before my 18th birthday in February of 1977. And today, all of my family is saved. The Lord. Right? Yeah, I'm not missing anybody, right? Yeah, all my family is saved. Why? Because I took those promises and did what? I called them saved when they weren't saved. Father, I thank you. I remember my, my younger brother. Lord, I thank you. Tim's not looking good. If you want me to, I'll quit praying for him because it doesn't look like there's any hope for him. You know, I can remember praying stupid prayers like that early on. And God just showed me. Just keep doing it. Just keep thanking him. Just keep thanking me. And, I did, and that's what I did. I just kept calling him saved. Father, I thank you that you're sending laborers of love across his path to minister life to him because he probably won't receive from me. And he wouldn't. And, he, and God did. And he sent the right people, the people he could receive from, and he got born again. All my family saved as a result of it. Because I called those things which be not as though they were. What else is a promise of God? Healing and health in our bodies. Amen? And and listen, you, you, you don't want to wait till you're not doing well to begin to praise him and thank him and call, those, call your body well. I mean, you know, things, I heard a person say this one time, there are things that can lay dormant in your body that you don't know anything about. Well, I've even addressed that. Lord, I thank you there's nothing dormant in my body. My body is well. It's healed, strong, healthy, whole in the name of Jesus because of what Jesus Christ did. That's why he's... He is the central focus of the vision of your life. He healed you. He delivered you. He is your protection. We read out of Psalm 91 today. Angels of God encamp around about you. They protect you in all of your ways. They bear you up in your hands, and I say it like this, lest anything come against you or happen to you in your life. The Bible doesn't say that stuff won't come at us. There's stuff in life, but a 1,000 may fall at one side, 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing is going to hurt me, harm me. Can you claim something like that? If you have redemptive revelation of God working in you and you're continuing in the word and you're letting that faith become real, it almost seems like too good. You know what I've had some people say to me? And this is what tries to destroy our faith where this is concerned. Some people come to me, I've heard people say, yeah, but you know, you, you, it has the appearance that you're in pride that nothing bad's gonna happen to you. I, 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 it's, it's not pride if you're just agreeing with what God said. That's not pride. Now, you can have an arrogant attitude that everything's working out and everything's perfect in your life and nothing bad ever happens. That's stupid. Bad things come. But bad cannot remain, and bad will not affect my life and overtake my life in any way, shape, or form because God said it won't. Because notice, in all of those verses of Scripture, in Psalm 91, it said, when it comes, when that thing happens, when the arrow is shot, when this situation is there, it won't hurt me. There's no pride in that when you're agreeing with what God said. But see, you have to know that. Most of the time, people say things like that when they don't know the word. Ignorance, ignorance is the fuel to doubt. Being ignorant of something. Not having the knowledge of it. And God wants us liberated and free of it. So, tonight, in... At at gates of the city, I'm going to say this about the church first and then about you, and then we're going to pray. In in this church body, everything that we do to advance the kingdom of God here, every ministry that there is here today, that ministry is going to get better or we're not going to do it. No matter what the ministry is, whatever whatever we do, from servant to to the worship to the sound and all the creative ministry back here, to to children's ministry, to host ministry, to prayer ministry, to outreach ministry, uh, missions that is just beginning at Gates of the City. Whatever it is, youth ministry that is coming along, whatever it is, it's either going to get better or we're not doing it. Did you hear me? So we're about increase, but we're going to increase because we enjoy doing it. Anybody that does anything in the ministry here, if, if, I'm not saying there's not days when you wish you didn't have to do something or serve or whatever, but God wants you to enjoy it and see that you're a part of advancing who the kingdom of God is. And when you're connected to this place and you are serving and sowing into that, okay, and learning to be a part the way God wants you to be a part, then in your personal vision, in your, personal, the areas in your personal life, you'll have great vision, your eyes will be opened up, redemptive revelation will flow because you're connected to something that is bigger than you are. So you're not accomplishing things just in yourself. God didn't create you. I promise you, you need help. You and I, we were not created to figure this thing out called life by ourselves. We need help, and our help is God. And the help that he gave us was his word and the Holy Spirit. And between the spirit and truth, it's revealing to us the simplicity of how to become a disciple, how to make disciples when we feel the pull that we're there and we're ready and people are asking us and they want to know about our God because of the God they see in you. I was ministering to a guy one time for about two years. I've had a bunch of these situations because I always have a five to eight to ten people that I've got on a list that that probably don't know God, and I'm just in their life and and it just may be just because I go to the same exact convenience store and it's somebody that I see there and or or through a Starbucks or at a restaurant or something, I go and I eat there all the time for a long period of time, and I'm pint, God's drawing me to certain people. And for a couple of years, I was ministering to this guy, and one day, he never asked me anything about, my, about me, until one day. And I knew in my spirit that if I'd ever told him that I was a pastor, he'd, I mean, turn me off. I'd be, it'd be done. Over with. But when I let my life just do the speaking, now we're talking about being around somebody one or two or three minutes each time, so there's not a lot of time, you know? They didn't know everything about me. But I just let my life do the talking. And because I'm filled up with God, what he was experiencing and what he was connecting with was God, he didn't know it. And one day, a couple of years in, he just asked me, "So, what do you do? I said, uh, I said, I'm in public relations he goes, what does that mean? I said, well, I like, talk to the public. And he goes, no, like, really, what do you do? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. And just tears started coming down his face. And I've had a connection with that guy in his life ever since then. Because... If I would have told him I'm a pastor, see, he got things in the back of his mind, what he thinks pastors do or have, whatever, he's heard all kinds of things, the world's told him stuff. But when I was somebody that connected with him, and I talked sports with him, and I talked this and that, and I I understood the business that he was in, and we talked and those kind of things, and then I told him I was a pastor. He's never been here. He lives in this town, and he's never been here. But one day he will be. Uh, or, or if he never comes here, one day he's going to grace the door of a church because he wants to know the things of God. Coming to church is about the word. See, coming to church isn't just being a part of another, you know, social group. You can go join the Kiwanis or whatever and, and, do, and they do great things. They, they, do, they do a lot of really good stuff. You can go join the, those groups. Church is about the word. See, and when you come and you receive of the word like that, and people start pulling on you, man, you want more word because the reason people pull on you and they want what you have is because of what's been deposited inside of you. And that's what vision is about. So when you're connected to something that's bigger than you are, which is the church, and we lay hands on you tonight, I mean, my expectation is for things to manifest now. And that's why When you have faith in it, faith is now because faith starts thanking God that it's here even when it's not. And every day, call in those things that be not as though they were. You go down your list. Maybe you wanted, you're believing God for a new car, for a new house. You're believing God for this thing, that thing. You're believing for a relationship to be restored. Father, I thank you. We agreed. You said if any two agree is touching anything that they ask, it will be done. So all we need to do tonight, that touching is not It's not a tangible touching. It's a touching with two hearts of faith coming together like that. That's the touching. It's not just a, I I used to think it had to do with a tangible thing. And there's nothing wrong with a tangible thing because we're going to tangibly lay hands tonight. And that's a good thing. But it's not just talking about that. It's that our hearts connect. And we're in agreement for the same thing. Amen? And that's what we're going to do tonight.